From Islamic Finance News, the world's leading Islamic finance news provider, this is IFN Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of IFN Podcast. My name is Vinita Tan, the Managing Editor of IFN. And today we have Nicolas Tenenau on the show. Now, Nicholas is the Managing Director of Corporate Banking of Apicorp, the Arab Petroleum Investments Corporation. And today we will be discussing carbon offsets and their contribution to net zero objectives. Nicholas, thank you so much for being with us here today. Now, I would like to start our conversation with the fact that carbon offsets have gained notoriety, particularly as the lack of methodological integrity have really raised um, real concerns that the carbon offset market may not or cannot meaningfully guarantee carbon neutrality from a company. So I'd like to get your take on that first. And also, what do you think are the clarities needed to scale the market moving forward? Indeed. So it's in one question, many, many questions. So uh, first of all, yes, indeed, uh, the voluntary carbon market has been going through uh, turbulent times, transparency and integrity concerns. I believe that the uh, situation is improving. In fact, uh, yes, in the last few months, there have been a lot of debates around integrity and transparency and uh, the relevance of uh, carbon offsets in order to reach uh, net zero. But I believe that uh, we have passed that, uh, that time and signals are quite good that uh, the market is due to rebound. Why is voluntary carbon offsets uh, so important to reach uh, net zero? I will, I will talk about the MENA region and particularly oil and gas uh, industry of the, of the region. Basically, if we look at uh, the uh, oil and gas uh, marginal abatement cost curve, in fact, that curve suggests that 40% of emissions are not abatable. Furthermore, if one does not take into consideration also carbon capture and storage as a technological solution, you see, to uh, reduce emissions uh, from the industry, then the inevitable emission jump to 75%, which means that clearly there will be the need on top of the decarbonization efforts of the industry, there will be the need of carbon offsets. And this is why the region, as you have noticed, certainly have uh, taken uh, significant initiatives in the, in the recent months in that regard. Right. So, so it, it, it seems that the MENA region would then indeed play a big role in the scaling of voluntary carbon markets. Is that what you're trying to say? Yes, definitely it will. Uh, and for various reasons. First of all, obviously, the MENA region uh, is a place uh, of the major producers of hydrocarbons in the world. Right. So it's going to be quite, quite fundamental. And I would say that on top of that, not only, in fact, the uh, production of hydrocarbons uh, is generating emissions, but one should look also as a scope-free emissions, and then definitely the uh, role of the Middle East as a, as a major exporter, not only producer, but major exporter of petroleum products, is going to uh, make, in fact, uh, the region a key, a key player in that market, for sure. So you talked about transparency or, or the lack of transparency in the market. So are there any 
regulatory frameworks or standards in place to govern the use of carbon offsets. And really, my question is, how effective or are they effective in addressing, you know, these controversies and, and ensuring the effectiveness of, you know, offset projects? Indeed. First of all, it's work in progress. Also, it has to be taken into consideration that eventually the voluntary carbon markets started as a private initiative a few decades ago. And effectively, in fact, over the, over the years, things have developed. Methodologies have uh, improved. I've had also to adapt to uh, new technologies in order to become more and more accurate. So I would say that, yes, indeed, uh, there have been in this market uh, certain uh, unfortunate initiatives that clearly were, how can I say, challenging in the integrity of, uh, of, the, of the voluntary carbon markets. Uh, however, in general, and particularly if you consider the main registries, the ones that are well established, like VERA, like gold standard, to name only two, their approach has always been um, a scientific one, has always been rigorous. And what we could say is that since then, there have been other actors who have come into, into the picture. Again, private initiatives. And I should uh, mention, for example, the ICVCM, as well as CMI, that have both issued guidances, in fact, to increase buyers' uh, confidence and provide further clarity. So things are happening. Uh, as I said, it's an initiative. So because it's an initiative, uh, some of these initiatives were not necessarily welcome. Others were definitely uh, going into the right direction. And I believe that the ones that were not welcome are now being put aside, I believe. And, uh, and the ones that were definitely going to the right direction are being um, further promoted, strengthening their process. So uh, I'm quite optimistic in that regard. Again, because the market and the industry, and I would say uh, the leaders have uh, understood how uh, powerful can be the carbon markets, not to avoid taking the hard decisions, you see, when it comes to uh, investments to decarbonize or when it comes to uh, being uh, more uh, sober in terms of uh, usage of energy. Uh, but um, definitely the view that even without, with all these efforts to decarbonize, to be more sober in the use of energy, there will still be the need of carbon offsets, so the capture of uh, greenhouse gas emissions, either through natural resources or through technology. Uh, this will be required in order to get to net zero. So you talk about how powerful a carbon market could be, and of course, you know, we're talking about the MENA region, and we talk about the MENA region, we cannot help um, but automatically, nearly automatically think about oil and gas companies, you know, such as Apicorp, right? So can you perhaps for our listeners elaborate further on how actually, specifically how can carbon markets actually help, you know, oil and gas companies in this region in their decarbonization goals? So the way it should work is very straightforward. Companies that have certain objectives, in terms of net zero, should elaborate a plan to decarbonize based on the technology that is available and affordable. Once this plan is made and there are certain uh, capex that have been agreed over a certain period of years in order to uh, reduce uh, the uh, greenhouse gas emissions uh, generated by 
the industrial processes, then we remain, as I mentioned, certain emissions that are unavailable. And this is where the carbon market comes into place. And it's where uh, eventually the players of the industry will have to uh, figure out, you see, uh, what are the uh, high-quality carbon offsets to purchase and eventually retire uh, in order to uh, meet that their uh, net zero objective as per their as per the date that they have committed to reach such net zero uh, objective. And what are you know some of the potential risks and challenges associated with actually relying on carbon offsets as a primary strategy for achieving net zero objectives? I would say it all depends eventually upon the quality of the uh, carbon offsets that the companies uh, will be ready to purchase. Again, in the recent years, there have been all kinds of carbon offsets in the market, good ones, uh, bad ones. And what we see today, it's, I would say, a clarification in that regard, and it's extremely helpful. And therefore, once this clarification has occurred, we should consider that it will become safe for uh, companies to uh, invest knowledgeably in, uh, in, uh, in carbon offsets. And I would like to uh, highlight particularly certain initiatives that uh, have been uh, taken recently. First of all, obviously, it is the infrastructure. Because in order to have a market, you need to have, you need to have the infrastructure that, uh, to, uh, uh, to, uh, to allow this market to operate. So, Without that infrastructure, it's, uh, it's complicated. And as you know, uh, for many years, in fact, uh, basically, carbon offsets have been traded uh, over the counter. So basically not helping uh, transparency. You see. So uh, this is one. So as there are, there are definitely um, uh, the emergence of uh, ecosystems for, uh, for voluntary carbon markets. Uh, that are emerging, and this is good. So I could mention a few. You have the expensive market CBL, um, which is the world's largest uh, spot carbon exchange based on standardized uh, spot contracts uh, for nature and technology segments. You have the CME emissions of set futures. You have the IC emissions of set futures. You have also now in the region, as you know, the uh, ACX uh, carbon exchange. You see uh, that is uh, operating in Singapore and in Abu Dhabi. Uh, so all these, you see, uh, this infrastructure is, uh, is fundamental because this is what will provide liquidity and this is what will ensure, you see, to get the right price for the carbon offsets that are being purchased. So this is fundamental. Thereafter, as we touched upon before, there is the integrity. There are, as we said already, there are certain... Uh, initiatives that are now uh, being taken in order to significantly enhance the integrity. Also, one has to understand one, one, one point, is that integrity, transparency is one thing. Now, what do we mean by integrity? What does mean, in fact, a quality carbon offset? I would say that to a large extent, we could compare that with the, with the oil industry. Uh, if you look at crude oil, uh, you have various types of crude oil for different purposes uh, and with different prices. And I believe that to a large extent in the carbon market, there will be the same kind of categorization. You will have various kinds of uh, carbon offsets that will be of uh, 
different kinds and that will have different prices. They will be all of good quality, but definitely they will not serve the same, the same purposes. And obviously, it will depend also upon the appetite of the clients. Certain companies will definitely prefer to consider uh, carbon offsets that are uh, technology-based. You see, for example, carbon offsets generated from uh, CCUS projects. Others may prefer to look at natural resource-based carbon offsets, you see, through uh, planting trees or uh, avoiding deforestation uh, or uh, growing uh, mangroves. So, you see, there will be a diversity of, uh, of options, but all that will definitely uh, require to be very transparent in terms of um, how the project was developed, how the project is performing, and how much truly, in fact, it is allowing to capture or avoid greenhouse gas emissions. Right, right. If I could perhaps refer to or have some questions about a specific deal. So Apricot spearheaded a landmark covering credit facility signed by Hartree Partners Power and Gas Company. So it is a $75 million deal, which, of course, won the IFN ESG deal of the year 2022. So why did Apricot structure this facility as a Murabaha? Well, fundamentally, we wanted to attract a broad range of financial institutions, mm -hmm. including Islamic finance institutions, obviously the ones that could accept tarawak structure, because uh, the nature of the uh, carbon markets today was not allowing us, in fact, to structure the transaction on the basis of, uh, of, uh, of a standard Muabaha, because indeed, as we discussed uh, already, in fact, uh, the carbon offsets have not yet reached the stage where we can treat them as uh, as uh, as usual commodities like uh, crude oil, petroleum right. products, or copper, or whatever. So, in the case of Apicorp, I'm curious to know what kind of due diligence processes are actually in place to ensure that you know offsets are aligned with your organization's net zero goals, while also at the same time making sure that the integrity, the credibility of these carbon offsets in light of, you know, we've, we've talked about it, you mentioned also stuff like double counting, the lack of standardized accounting practices, things like that. First of all, I would like to, to say that uh, we are still at a very early stage of uh, our involvement yeah. in the uh, voluntary carbon market. And so far, our involvement has been limited to um, the structuring of this model for our client, Hartree, wanted uh, to have a financing that would allow them to finance the purchase of uh, carbon offsets. The carbon offsets that a client is allowed to purchase with this facility are uh, clearly defined. There are carbon offsets uh, that are with uh, the VERA registry, so validated, and uh, that can uh, trade uh, on the uh, CBN market. So with these two elements, in fact, we are ensuring, uh, we are ensuring that uh, the carbon offsets that are being purchased with our facility are of uh, high quality and transparent. I should mention also, and this is very important, is that uh, we, have, we are aware and we have the full information on uh, the underlying projects of all these carbon offsets. In fact, this is anyway public information. You go on the VERA website, you will be in a position to check, in fact, each project. And it's easy, therefore, to connect carbon offsets with a project and 
get full documentation on the, on the project, uh, including the methodology that was used by VERA in order to uh, validate uh, the uh, issuance of uh, carbon offsets uh, from these projects. And one final question, Nicholas. What kind of future do you see for the carbon offset credit market, particularly in the context of the Islamic finance industry? It's a market that is going to grow significantly without any doubt, and that will require financing. And the Islamic finance uh, industry has always uh, demonstrated uh, its uh, eagerness uh, to be innovative and uh, support uh, the uh, economies of the, of the, of the MENA region. And therefore, uh, I see the Islamic uh, financing sector playing a major role in uh, helping uh, their uh, clients, their industrial clients, in, uh, in, uh, in financing the acquisition of carbon offsets uh, for their uh, net zero uh, commitments. Thank you for listening. For more discussions on the Islamic finance industry, log on to www.islamicfinancenews.com. You can also listen to IFN Podcast on your favorite platforms, including iTunes and Spotify.